0: Ooh, one hour to go here on The Rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson with you on a Friday as we wind down. Tell you what, man. We were hoping to have some of the Champion Barbecue official visitors show up at the studio. I think they've left us all hanging, which is not totally surprising. I got a lot Imagine going at on. At the top of the show. <laughs> Once you get to town for an official visit weekend, everybody's pulling you in a different direction. So hopefully we'll get to catch up with a few of those visitors on the other side. But the Champion Barbecue does start tonight. Oklahoma hosting numerous official visitors on their biggest recruiting weekend of the year and also hosting a couple big-time unofficial visitors, Travis. And that's kind of where I want to kick off this hour. If you want to chime in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, by all means, do so. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Xavier Robinson is back to campus this weekend for an unofficial, Travis. Devon Mitchell, technically a class of 2025 recruit at the moment, but as has been widely reported, uh, intends to reclassify into the 2024 cycle. Those two guys are going to be on campus hanging out. Kevin Sperry's is going to be on campus hanging out. Of course, the Sooners, fantastic 2025 quarterback commit. So this weekend isn't just about the official visitors. It's also about the unofficial visitors. And I think few would dispute that the most critical of said visitors is Devon Mitchell without question because Joe John Finley is a guy that has taken a lot of flack from the fans, from the text line in general for his recruiting efforts over the course of his first couple of years on Oklahoma staff. Now, he has signed a four-star in Caden Helms. He has signed a couple of high three-stars with a lot of promise athletically in Jason Llewellyn and Cade McIntyre. But doesn't take a Rhodes Scholar to see that Devon Mitchell is cut from a little bit different cloth than anybody else Oklahoma has had at the tight end position in quite some time.
1: Yeah, he is wildly impressive, right? Like, we um... – you know, we saw him down at OT7 with 940 elite. Michael Hawkins is on that team. Josiah, uh, Josiah Martin was on that team. Uh, Malik Hawkins is on that team. Uh, and then, you know, Von Mitchell ends up being, you know, a massive target down the middle. What impressed me the most is, yeah, he's a big body, that's for sure. The athleticism, the, the verticality of him was wildly impressive. Um, yesterday I saw him at camp. Right? He's walking around at camp because, keep in mind, with high school camp this week, all the position coaches are coaching their their position groups, right? So they're coaching during the camp. Naturally. So when these unofficials come in, like they want to hang out with the coach, right? So where do they go? They go to the camp. So whether it was Devon Mitchell hanging out with uh, Jason Witten, yes, that Jason Witten, the uh, eventual Hall of Famer, former uh, tight end, that actually played with. Mike Hawkins Sr., the Cowboys, played with DeMarco Murray. Um, When you consider where they're going to be hanging out, right, he's there, he's playing with Joe John's kids. What the coolest part was, though, Parker, is he actually pulled over 2027 uh, tight end prospect out of Geyer, Zane Rowe, who uh, was turning a lot of heads at camp yesterday, and started helping him on his footwork. So, you know, going through different releases and things like that. So you've got Devon Mitchell, 2025, we think eventual 2024, right? At the camp at OU, helping 2027 prospects on their footwork, playing with Joe John's kids, all this. Like, I mean, I feel incredibly, incredibly good about that.
0: Doesn't feel like a guy that's about to take a bag at the last second, right? He's announced a commitment date of July 8th. Everything has pointed in OU's direction for quite some time. It would be monumentally surprising if Devon Mitchell isn't a Sooner. And if that's the case, hopefully those that have been critical of Finley in the past will cool a little bit. Because Mitchell, and I don't know exactly where he will land in the rankings once he reclassifies, but as things stand right now, he would be the highest ranked tight end commit in OU history. Right. Odds are, when he is re-ranked as a member of the 2024 class, he will be the highest-ranked Oklahoma tight end in the modern era, save for possibly Jermaine Gresham. See,
1: you know, rankings—that's that's your world, right? So they assign a number to rankings. So when people when people do rankings, they don't say, "Oh, okay, that guy," you know, looks like the 110th best player in the country no they put a ranking to it a numerical ranking to it and then wherever that ranking puts you that's why some people they're like their numerical ranking doesn't change but people can you know the ebb and flow people can rise and fall and move you up and down the ranking so with that if they already have his number set you know I think when you move that up he's still you know kind of in that same area so I do think he would still be ranked above Jermaine Gresham like but there's no reason that those numbers would change.
0: From a listener that the nine one eight. Parker, are you moving back home to Nebraska? That ain't true. And the editor who put it out there is garbage. I know Mike Steely's proud of me right now for quoting Mike Gundy. Oh, yeah. No. I'm I'm getting married here in the state of Oklahoma. Fifty days from today.
1: Fifty? Okay, I got it. my
0: fiance reminded me this morning we're fifty days out. So
1: I gotta start. Uh, gotta start practicing on those names.
0: Yeah, listen. I I sat down last weekend and I started typing out a whole bunch of notes for DJ Grillboy. Travis is MCing at my wedding. Yes, by the way.
1: Yes, so. indeed. So he's gonna
0: lend those baritone pipes to the microphone.
1: Indeed, indeed. I, uh, you know, I'm 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 not much of a wedding dancer, so you know, I you know, I'm I'm kind of glad if I'm on the mic, you know, <laughs>
0: I, I can't be out on the dance floor. There you go. Uh I promised some offensive line talk, and we kind of glazed over it last segment. So let's dive into this. Seven official visitors on the offensive line for Oklahoma last weekend. Three more coming to town this weekend. You got Daniel Cruz, Bennett Warren, and Caden Massey. Last weekend, you had – oh, boy, I got to go off the top of my head here. Eugene Brooks, Fox Crater, Grant Bricks, Weston Davis – Marcus Easley. Oh, I'm at five. I'm running out of steam, Travis. Who else was in town?
1: Well, and I was going to jump over to the... uh,
0: Jason Zandamella. Yep. That's six. I'm I'm still forgetting somebody. Eddie Pierre-Louis. There you go. There's all seven. Big Eddie. Big Eddie. Which, by the way, Oklahoma's in a real good spot there. Yeah, that
1: that Tampa connection.
0: (laughs) So National Sign Day for Parker is in 50 days. Yes, that is correct. Um... Who do you project ends up in Oklahoma's offensive line class right now amongst the ten names that we mentioned, as well as Casey Poe, the four-star interior offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas, that is going to be visiting Oklahoma on a midweek unofficial. At least I I believe it's still an unofficial. It may be an OV. No, 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 it can't be. It can't be, right, because you can't take unlimited officials until July 1st. So he's already – Got his five officials booked. He's going to be taking a midweek unofficial to Oklahoma next week. You throw that guy in with the ten names we already mentioned. Let's say you're taking four, Travis. Isaiah Autry's already in the boat. You got yeah, him locked So in. I got to pick three. So you pick, th- you pick three out of those 11. Who do you got and why? Bricks
1: would be... Just first priority for me. Love it. Um,
0: that is corn-fed beef right there.
1: Yep. I like Casey Poe a lot. Um, so I'd probably take Casey Poe next, and then my goodness, having me narrow that down, um, you know, give me give me Bennett Warren. I know he's hot off Ooh. that Michigan visit. I get it, but again, Ooh. it's kind of like we talked like with Tatum. Like Michigan seemed to be fading a little bit, and then there was a little bit of A and M buzz. Oregon, you know, I I believe you had a crystal ball back when you did crystal balls. Before, you were even future cast Parker. When you were still crystal ball Parker, uh, I believe you put in one from Oregon. I'm not even sure he made their top schools, though. So, made his top schools. So, I kind of like where where OU's at on that, or I have liked where OU's at. So, I would pick those three. um, Bricks, Poe, and Bennett Warren. But I'll tell you what. I really like Jason Zemendela and his quotes that he gave to – I forget who he gave him to. Will Fong. Will Fong. Talked about, you know, how honest Brent Venables is, you know, how how he's going to shoot you straight and, you know, what a family atmosphere, this, that, and the other. He felt like he could really trust him. I think we all know who the other school – it, you know, that it is that's after him. That's, uh. I was going to
0: say, you want to talk about the antithesis of all of that. Exactly.
1: Old Muleshoe is, uh, is the only other one. And that's why they paired him with, you know, was it Caden Green? It was Caden uh, Green who that hosted Xanabella. Yeah. Who does not like USC. <laughs> so I'm sure he was in his ear the entire time saying, hey, look, this is way different than, you know, than, than that staff out west. So, uh, I, I like him. And he's, correct me if I'm wrong, he is a true center. Yes. Yeah. True so, center. So, So very Josh Bates situation where it's, hey, this is a true center. We're going to recruit guys that actually play true center as opposed to moving guys around and trying to get just, you know, like Andrew Rehm played left tackle, and that was because he was the best offensive lineman that Broken Arrow had. But, I mean, like you don't have to really reteach them the position. So I really like where OU's at in their offensive line recruiting. Um, I hope some start to join Autry uh, with – you know, at least publicly soon. But, you know, I know you're big on Grant Bricks. Um, but, you know, I I would I would take out of all those Bennett Warren.
0: Grant Bricks is either going to be an All-American at OU or an All-American somewhere else. That's what I'm telling you. That kid is a killer. But, uh, and by the way, I will add if there was if there was a leaderboard somewhere at the Switzer Center on USC hatred, Caden Green would be darn near the top of that list. So, yes. We get him hosting Xanemella. Good move on OU's part. We're going to have
1: him and Steely Arm wrestle for it.
0: Uh, another thing to be optimistic about if you're a sooner fan. Jacob Sexton hosted Grant Bricks on his official visit. Every single official visitor that Jacob Sexton has ever hosted has ended up committing and signing with Oklahoma. So, Jacob is pitching a perfect game. If current trends hold, you get Grant bricks in the class. And
1: he is actually hosting Isaiah Autry this week, which means even though he's already committed, you know, depending on the ruling, you could say that he already is four for four and he's attempting to go five for five. but it is a good you want him hosting people. He's got a great personality, he's friendly. He really kind of embodies what the coaching staff wants. He's a hard worker, and that dude was going to be starting, you know, his second year on campus at left tackle. He's way ahead. From what I've been told, he's ahead of schedule in his uh, rehab as he rehabs that injury. So you know, he's a guy that can say, "Yeah, if you play well here, you can get some early playing time on the offensive line." You know, and, and, and I think that, that helps him be a good host because he's kind of the model of how you handle being being in a freshman in that room.
0: Now, as far as who I think ends up in the class beyond uh, Autry and Bricks, whom I believe is the only offensive lineman I have future cast at Oklahoma right now, the Sooners are very high on Caden Massey. And a lot of people look at the rankings and they'll say, Oh, you know, just another three star. Caden Massey is every inch of six foot eight, and has a lot of room on that frame to pack on muscle and added weight. So the ceiling for that kid is astronomically high. There might not be a it better be if
1: he's six eight.
0: Yeah, there might not be a higher ceiling player amongst all of Oklahoma's offensive line offers. Save save maybe for Eddie Pierre Louis, but Caden Massey's got an incredibly high ceiling. That's an OU Nebraska battle. I'm willing to bet OU comes out on top there. And so that leaves me with one more spot. I'm not as bullish on Casey Poe as I once was. I'm really not. Okay. Um, Not to say he doesn't end up in the class. I just think the Sooners' lead has dwindled there to the point where they're really going to have to hammer it home with this visit next week to be able to secure his pledge. Which I visits think- can do. Yes, they can. You know what? I'm gonna I'm swing for the fences, man. I think they get Eddie Pierre Louis, Big Eddie. Yeah, like if I had to pick a fourth right now, that's probably my best bet.
1: Do you think? And Bill Bedenbow always typically takes four. It seems three, four. Are, are, are we ever going to be due for a big offensive line class like we see five or six dudes taken? I mean, I, I feel like I feel like we could like our roster could handle it. I mean, we got. We got a couple of second-year guys that might be, uh, you know, getting some significant playing time this year.
0: I can see them taking five. Like, there's a world in which they take five this year.
1: And you had to go into the portal to get a couple of – three of them. You know, you took three offensive
0: linemen in the portal. Yeah. I just think for where Bill Bedenboe's at in his career as a coach and a developer of talent, you have far less concerns about him. Oh, yeah. Than you do about – other coaches slash positions across the board, not to imply that there's like a weak link somewhere else on the OU staff where you got to be concerned or alarmed about where things stand. But my point is if Bill Biedenboe can just get four maulers that he believes in every single cycle, well, then that allows you to reallocate some of the extra spots you have in the class to, well, to pick a conspicuous current example to take a second quarterback or to take a fourth wide receiver or to take a third running back. And so there may come a point down the road where the numbers make it necessary for Bill to take a bigger class, but OU, it definitely feels like, can afford to allocate those spots elsewhere in this cycle. 2025 might be a different story, but I like their board in 2024, man. And I like the guys that they've positioned themselves as final contenders for. And to me, if your class is... Autry, Bricks, and Massey, like if that's the crux of your offensive line class, I don't really care who the fourth is. I don't think it matters a whole heck of a lot. That's a win for Bill Biedenbaugh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But, you know, it's, it, you, know, you kind of have to look at the boards too because it's like if, if you have a particular year where you think you can, you can really land you know, five like really, really good fits and you leave for those guys, that may not come around that often. So, you know, you got to kind of, you know, play that numbers game. Um, but, yeah, if there's anything – and luckily, and going into the portal. I mean, guys see those NFL contracts, especially with Creed and Orlando Brown and, you know, Ben Powers and all these guys that are getting paid, like actually getting paid now. It's just way more ammunition. And now he's got a first-rounder. You know, it's big time.
0: Yeah. Well, and to kind of put a bow on that point – You got Autry committed. Caden Massey and Casey Poe are deciding very soon, possibly by the end of the month in both of those guys' cases. So let's say both of those battles go go your way. You get Bricks, and then later on down the line, you get the call from Eddie Pierre-Louis, and he wants to come to Norman, too. You're not going to force anybody out of that class. Come on down, big fella. Yeah, you'll take five in that case. At least I would. I would imagine Bill Bedenboe would as well. All right, we're overdue for an opening break here in the final hour of the rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson talking sooner football and recruiting with you until six o'clock. Keep it right here. And when we return, we'll continue to hit your texts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405 651 3439. Don't go anywhere. It is the rush. I almost said locked in again. It is the rush. As many of you know, I don't typically do the rush. Parker Thune alongside Travis Davidson. The Twitter Space Boys. Here in relief of Tyler McComas and Teddy Lehman, both of whom are on vacation today. The Champion Barbecue is upon us. It's officially underway. Official visitors are in town in Norman as we speak. And Oklahoma has a big, big recruiting weekend. Coming up, you've got questions, thoughts. Hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. If you want to chime in, Justin and Kawita asked, are there ever any five-star offensive linemen? Yes, there are. Um, The last one Oklahoma landed was, of course, Bray Walker. A forgettable addition there. Uh, Which, by the way, Latrell McCutcheon hit the transfer portal the other day. Burnt toast himself, and, and I, instantly the jokes on social media were, "Well, Texas State." And I, and
1: I and I I I sent out the cryptic, you know, tweet about that since his nickname is Burnt Toast. I said, "Not even avocado can save burnt toast because if there's one thing that they eat a lot of in L.A., it's avocado," and. You, we all kind of knew that would happen, right? Because, I mean, after his father's tweets directed at the coaching staff, we were all kind of shocked that he actually followed that coaching staff out to L.A. But, oddly enough, it did not change their opinion on the coaching staff because he's in the portal. And I don't know about you, but I don't believe there is any way that he is on a kind of an upper-level P5 team Um at his next destination.
0: If you bounce from Oklahoma after a year and then bounce from USC after a year and you don't have a ton of production as he does not. Your options are going to be pretty limited because it's the, uh, two transfers in two years is just going to turn a lot of programs off immediately. They're going to say, "Okay, that we can't get that guy to buy in long-term here." Clearly. So, why do we take a chance? Yeah, I can almost promise you he doesn't go P5. And he's a decent player. Xavier Worthy ate his lunch at the Cotton Bowl in October of 2021. There's no denying that. Is he as bad of a cover corner as he showed that day? No. No, he's got some talent. Yeah, Xavier Worthy's a good wide receiver. But we've gotten to the point of Latrell McCutcheon's career, which he doesn't have much hope of playing high-end Power 5 football anywhere because of the way that He's handled things to this point.
1: He's getting farther and farther away from that four-star, you know, that four-star ranking that he had. And I remember kind of winning that uh, recruitment over Alabama, and, man, a lot of us thought, hey, man, here we go. This uh, This is when Grinch turns it around. Unfortunately, Xavier Worthy turned him around a lot. So that didn't end up working out. But, Parker, I want you to answer this. I think we should almost do this every time. Okay. We have a uh we have a uh, a big official visit weekend or anything like that. Explain the difference between an official versus unofficial visit.
0: Well, the biggest and most conspicuous difference is that an unofficial visit is on the player's dime, on the recruit's dime. An official visit is paid for by the university. So, yeah and that's
1: a, and that's about as simple as it's going to get. That's why when you see players pay for themselves to come all the way out here from California or all the way from Florida or all the way from, you know, Georgia and whatnot like there's, you know, a little bit more I don't know importance put on that um, or at least credit given to that when you think okay, this guy isn't just driving 30 minutes up the road. Um, and stopping by for an unofficial. Uh, also, when it comes to this weekend, it's the Champ U part, like the barbecue part in the stadium tonight, like that will be where they have a bunch of – essentially they want to keep it to around $10 a head is what I've been told in the past. Um, when, I, when I cooked for Champ U, mine was never the big like football field part of it. I was always the ov part of it because then on Saturday night they take all the official visitors, and that's when you see like again like the American Wagyu tomahawks and things like that because that's not they don't need to keep it within a certain price range for unofficial visitors they can serve what they want and spend what they want to host the official visitors because it's all on it's all on the uh, the school's dime at that point.
0: Hey, by the way, we're serving barbecue at my wedding. $20 a head Ooh. worth of barbecue. Okay, okay. So come hungry.
1: I will. I will, um, I will make sure and uh, get enough fuel in me to uh, say all those tough names.
0: Somebody in the 708 said, now do Miami unofficials. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and obviously another key difference, well, that is really no longer a difference here in a couple weeks between official visits and unofficial visits is it used to be that uh, unofficial visits have always been unlimited, right? A recruit and his family can do whatever they want with their money. That's their prerogative. But it used to be that recruits could only take five total official visits. And there was a proviso that allowed them to repeat an official visit that they had taken if that school fired their staff.
1: Which is what happened
0: with Gentry Williams. Yes, Gentry Williams Williams ended up taking two officials to Oklahoma. Correct. Uh, However, that is going away as of July 1st, and recruits will be able to take as many official visits as they want. Now each school still only has an allocation. I believe the number is fifty-three, right? Fifty-six, something like that.
1: And there's also another weird rule that you can actually, at that time, you could take your officials in the spring, after you've already signed. So like you can you can work the numbers around in your favor. What's going to be really interesting, Parker, is if you can't you can't say one side of you know the number of visits like one side of the relationship if you will is unlimited now and the other side still has to be stuck at 53 or whatever that number is yeah. right that doesn't that doesn't stand to reason right because if you can do if you have all of the college football players in America and now can take absolutely un like unlimited unofficial visits then how do you still have that finite number you at least have to increase it at a bare minimum right
0: you would think so um by the way, we got another text from a nine one eight listener that asked if you drive in for an OV, does the school pay for fuel? Yes, you'll get comped for fuel. You'll just have to spend all that time in the car. Which reminds me, I I love Grant Bricks for so many reasons. Like that dude to me has to be priority number one for Oklahoma in this class at this point. But one of the things I love most about that dude is he's such a like a low maintenance blue collar type of kid. And what underscores this is the fact that if you want to fly in for an official visit, the school will always pay for it. Always. They will get you flights. And, well, get-
1: and I believe even what we saw you know, from some of the Twitter posts, that they'll send a car to your house to pick yeah. you up to take you to the airport. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, they will get you. Like, don't eat, you don't have to worry about parking at the airport over the, over the weekend.
0: Now, I am from Omaha originally. Whenever I go home, that is a drive that takes close to seven hours. Grant Bricks is from Logan, Iowa, which is about 45 minutes northeast of Omaha. So, all told, probably looking at closer to eight hours than seven for Bricks and his family. And so, I'm counting on the fact that he just hopped on a plane from Omaha to OKC. Because you can get direct flights from Omaha to OKC. And so, I get on the phone with him Tuesday night. I'm like, so you, I, I'm imagining you guys flew down, right? He's like, no, we drove. Love it. He's like, yeah, you know, we, we spend a good deal of time on the road. We've actually, even before Oklahoma was recruiting me, we uh, went down there to buy a cow one time. I'm like, I love this of kid so much.
1: Of course. <laughs> I, Did they buy it from Chris Plank? Did Plank go buy a cow sometime very recently?
0: Yes, I think Plank has a cow. So, a lot of cow transactions happening around here. Well, I mean, that's that's Oklahoma for you. <laughs> yep. That's Grant Brix's family too. They they uh they do show cows. They own show cows. Excuse me. So, yes, you want to want to talk talk about a kid that's just country strong. That's what that kid is, man. He's not like doing any insane workouts in the gym. He's not going to train with every other elite dude from his state. No, he's just slinging hay bales and picking up manure one shovel full at a time
1: gotta love it gotta love it hey get him get him in the class you got that you got that uh you know local feel to him just uh help up with that recruiting process
0: kw918 wants to know parker following recruiting is hard especially trying to predict accurately where 18 year old kids are going but how much more difficult has nil made your job well I brought up the Zion Raggins example last hour where I was told this morning he's probably not taking the official visit to Georgia this weekend. And hours later, that official visit is taking place. And if you've listened to this show before, well, not this show, but if you've listened to Locked In before, I've mentioned it several times, the fact that when Luther Burden was committing to Oklahoma, or was committed to Oklahoma, excuse me, he was still taking visits all around. One of the schools he was visiting quite a bit was Georgia, and he was getting paid every single time he visited Georgia just to show up to campus. So, again, even a situation like that where an official visit is trending towards not happening and then, boom, it's happening despite everything you'd heard up to that point, and Georgia's the school involved. like that, And that was part of the reason why I didn't report flat out, hey, Zion Raggins isn't going to Georgia because what are the odds? And this is speculation, obviously, but what are the odds Georgia said, hey, we'll throw you a couple thousand bucks to make this visit. Just come on down. You're an hour and a half away. We'll sweeten the deal, make it worth your while to come spend the weekend in Athens. I'd I'd,
1: I'd be there every weekend.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of pitfalls in terms of covering recruiting in the NIL era. It is a difficult, difficult thing to do at times. All right, we're overdue for a bottom-of-the-hour break here on The Rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. we got about 20 minutes left with you when we come back. So we'll hit a commercial when we return. More of your texts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, I I bungled that. Knippelmeyer. A lot of syllables. Lot Easy of to them. get twisted. There you go. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Light it up. We'll hit them next. Here on The Rush, it's the ref, the home Sooner fans. It's the rush getting closer and closer to the weekend here on the ref, the home Sooner fans, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson with you. The Knipple Meyer Chevrolet text line is available. 405-651-3439. And it has been hopping all day, by the way, update from the elite 11 out in Cali, Julian sayin the Alabama commit is your 2023 elite 11 MVP. So the Sooners can't go back to back. With Elite 11 MVPs, Jackson Arnold, of course, won it last year. Michael Hawkins was hoping to win it this year. No such luck. It is Nick Saban's boy, Julian Sane, who takes it home.
1: Yeah, and we discussed that a little bit, uh, I believe, last hour. His skill set isn't necessarily set up to, you know, it it doesn't play to the strengths of the Elite 11 camp, right? It is an arm-only camp. It is just throwing. It totally discounts that... Michael Hawkins it has the best legs there. He's the most dynamic runner there. Uh, we've seen that, you know, bear out actually in other camps, uh, including rivals, um, where he's won back-to-back MVPs of that camp. We've seen it bear out in seven-on-seven, seven, everything like that. So um, just because Michael Hawkins did not win the Elite 11 doesn't mean, eh, got to kick him out of the class. You know, I think we uh, – I think we all understand that. But, hey, you know what? I have an, I have a feeling we're going to be right back in it next year at this time, having the same discussion, uh, seeing how uh, one Kevin Sperry does at the Elite 11 Finals.
0: <sighs> Kevin Sperry could win that whole thing. <laughs> Kevin good. Sperry, man, that kid. He's good. That kid is something else. And, you know, Teddy Lehman makes a point of not hyping up anybody too early in the process. He notoriously hates any freshman. But even he has said Kevin Sperry's a dang good quarterback, and he is. I think
1: think Teddy's getting a little soft in his old age. He uh, loves himself some Jackson Arnold, who is – I mean, I'd have to check the roster again, but I believe he is a freshman. So – loves him and and already loving a guy who's gonna you know be a high school junior this year man I think teddy's getting soft in his old age i know you
0: hit 40 and the tenacity just starts to ebb away you i guess start liking freshmen come on now uh on the topic of quarterbacks oklahoma has one visiting this weekend samaj jones the four-star signal caller out of st joseph's prep in philadelphia could this be a two quarterback class for Oklahoma? The obvious answer is yes. Travis, I ask you, how realistic is it and how good is it if the Sooners have two quarterbacks in this class? I think it's I think it's very realistic. I also think it's I, I I'm
1: I, in the question of is it realistic? Yes. Is it good? Absolutely, yes. Because you have to think about our quarterback depth. What did we run into last year at Texas? We ended up playing a quarterback that uh, didn't give us necessarily a chance to win because we lacked really competitive quarterback depth, right? Well, how do you get to that point, Parker? Well, I'll tell you. 2019, a lot of 2019 quarterbacks are still on campus with their teams. So, 2019 quarterback, who was that? Oh, that was Spencer Radler. He's at South Carolina. 2020 quarterback, who was that? Oh, that was Chandler Morris. He's at TCU. 2021 quarterback, who was that? Caleb Williams. He's out uh, with Muleshoe. 2022 quarterback, that's Nick Evers. He is backing up Tanner Mordecai at Wisconsin and going to fight for that job next
0: year. I was about to say, if you want to rewind to 2018, Tanner Mordecai. Right, he's behind
1: our 2018 (laughs) commit. Exactly. So, sixth year senior, Tanner Mordecai. So, you'd have to, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, they're all still playing college football and zero of them are playing college football in Norman this upcoming season. So, you have to get that depth right. You're going to have to take two quarterbacks eventually because right now you're going to have Dylan Gabriel and then obviously you've got Jackson Arnold who a lot of us could believe is already QB2 and then you've got Davis Bevel, you've got, you know, General Booty, you've got others in the room. But next year uh, if we if we assume that which I think a lot of us do. That Jackson Arnold is the starter going into the 2024 season. Now you just have Michael Hawkins, and th- and then that's it. Then you've got to you've got to add another you know transfer portal quarterback in the spring or something like that. I say you start to bolster that quarterback depth now because I'd rather have them on campus now than to worry about what we ran into with Dylan Gabriel. Because if you remember. When we had Dylan Gabriel, when we brought him in and we started to try and get, you know, portal guys, Jackson Dart was a name, um, Jerry Bohannon was a name, those guys that we kind of talked about, it's, you can't recruit very easily to the backup quarterback position because guys want to go start somewhere. And Jackson Dart said, I can go start at Ole Miss, why would I come be backup at OU? So with that, if, you, if you've if you got Jackson Arnold as your starter, I don't think anybody's going to come in and say, hey, I'm going to transfer to OU to back up Jackson Arnold and to compete for QB2 with Michael Hawkins. I don't think you're going to get anybody to do that. So I think it's a great idea to take two 2024 quarterbacks just because, like I said, 2018 through 2022, all of those guys are gone. They're all playing somewhere else right now.
0: I would just ask this to people who would question the necessity of the Samaj Jones edition. And it is a luxury, to be sure. I don't know that it is a necessity. But I would just ask this because I know the answer. Do you want to see Davis Bevel take the field in an Oklahoma uniform again? And take meaningful snaps? And, or I should say, or are you willing to take any measures necessary to make sure that doesn't happen? Because if the answer answer to those questions are no and yes, respectively, well then, can't hurt to bring in Samaj Jones, can it? Samaj
1: Jones, come on down. And this is a guy. I mean, th- this isn't uh, you know necessarily a scrub. I mean, I know some Sooner fans that you know actually prefer him to Hawkins. I personally prefer Hawkins more, but you know it's it's a guy that's you know this isn't a guy that we're just trying to get you know a walk on to to come in and and just be a a lukewarm body on the roster. Like that's not what this is. This guy is a four-star quarterback. He's ranked as the the 247 composite ranked him as the 20th ranked quarterback in the entire country. So, if you can bring in a top 20 quarterback as your second quarterback in the class, you absolutely do it. I think both I, I think I think Texas's actual Quarterback commit is ranked below him. Yes, he's
0: 32nd ranked. I have no idea why Texas took Trey Owens, but that's a conversation for another day.
1: He he tweeted out that he was quite disrespected by it uh, when he was not selected for Elite 11.
0: But, you know, it is what it is. So I would not have selected him for Elite 11 either. So, and so I can promise you there are a lot of people in Texas that would share that opinion. So we would have the 18th and the
1: 20th ranked quarterbacks in the entire country, both in the same class. Can't knock that at all
0: not by any stretch of the imagination. If you, if you get down to a situation where you need your third-string quarterback sometime in 2024 and you have the option of true freshman Samaj Jones or sixth-year senior Davis Bevel, I have a feeling the majority of the fan base will want to see what you get out of true freshman Samaj Jones. we got to wrap up the rush on the other side, so we'll hit a break, come back, take some final texts, add some final color.
1: And on the other side, I will, tell, I will uh, reveal the three winners, announce the three winners who are going to be playing golf with me at the OU Club of Tulsa Scholarship Golf Tournament on Monday, June 26th. We'll announce those as the show closes.
0: Okay, don't want to miss out on the opportunity to play a free round of golf. Stick around. It's the ref, the home fans. Back to wrap up the rush on a Friday. And send you into the weekend. Who's playing golf with Grill Boy? Let's find out. Parker Thune alongside Travis Davidson. Travis, who are the three winners? So,
1: all week, uh, Parker, uh, we've been having uh, people tweet pictures of themselves on a golf course in order to enter the contest. The contest is Monday, June 26th at 8 a.m. The OU Club of Tulsa is having their scholarship golf tournament. It's going to be at Meadowbrook in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, if you do not win a uh, free round with me, then go to OUClubOfTulsa.com, and I hope to see you there anyways. OUClubOfTulsa.com for more information. But no further ado, the three winners that are going to be playing with me that uh, I will uh, DM are number 1, Jason Fairs.
0: No way! He's playing with
1: me. Yep. There he Jason is. Jason uh, Fares. Sent a little video of me hitting a little par three. Gorgeous course there. Um, I've got Jason Meese, M- M-E-E-C-E. Uh, I'll, I'll shoot you a DM right there. He sent me three photos of him golfing. Um, and then Jonathan Kissinger, or Kissinger Kissinger, maybe, at Jojo Fireball is his uh, is his handle. So if he's got Fireball on the handle, then he might be bringing the handle of Fireball, who knows. Um, he has got he's got a picture of him on a golf course with a, with a hat that just says Bubba. So Jason Fairs
0: would win this. Jason like, he, he would be one of the three winners for the opportunity to play a free round of golf.
1: Absolutely. Jason Fairs, Jonathan Kissinger Kissinger and Jason Meese were all playing golf.
0: By the way, for those of you unfamiliar with Jason Fairs, he is the man responsible for all of Oklahoma's fantastic turf surfaces
1: former uh former super at uh jimmy austin as well
0: so you go to owen field on a saturday in the fall you go out there for in particular september 2nd when the sooners host arkansas state and that grass is fresh that's thanks to the devoted work of jason fairs and his team hey that is all for this installment of the rush That is all for our live programming this week. Toby and TJ will get you started again at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Until then, for Travis Davidson and all the rest of the ref crew, I am Parker Thune. Y'all stay blessed and have a great weekend.